Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. The Los Angeles Rams select Jared Goff. The Indianapolis Colts select Andrew Luck. Welcome back to another edition of the Drive Board Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Reed. You can follow me on Twitter at JReedNFL. That's at J-R-E-I-D-NFL. You can find my work on thedrivenetwork.com. Also, climbingthepocket.com as well. Make sure to go over to both of those websites to check out some amazing things we have going on over there. Specifically, the Draft Network. We still have some draft content going on over there. The first day of preseason games is officially in the books. I'm in the middle of recording a podcast right now, of course, and there's a million games on right now, and I'm going back and forth on NFL Game Pass and also my laptop to see which rookies are standing out. I'm looking forward to a lot of guy watching a lot of guys play tonight, specifically the first round quarterbacks uh, from this year's draft class. Of course, Kyler Murray is matched up against the Chargers. Dwayne Haskins and Daniel Jones will also be in action tonight as well. I'll have my eyes glued to all three here in the in the coming minutes. So I'm looking forward to seeing those three guys play. And I had an article posted on DraftNetwork.com. I'll make sure you go read that about the six rookie debuts that I'm looking forward to the most. So be sure to check that out. Uh, the Battle of the Devons was another one that I'm looking forward to as well. Devin White versus Devin Bush. They played today. So I'm looking forward to seeing how those two really transpire in their first game NFL game action. But Staying on course here, staying on topic, I should say we're still doing our division-by-division preview. And today, we have the NFC East, a division I cannot wait to talk about just because there's so much that could happen. A division that really has flip-flopped over the past few years, and I think it is a bit top-heavy, even though it has been a bit topsy-turvy over the last few years. The same teams have really stayed at the top for the most part, and I'm going to incorporate a bottom-up type of structure just like I have done. We have already went through the NFC North and also the NFC South. So if you have missed that, be sure to check that out on the previous episodes before this one. But diving right into this thing, I'm going to start with the New York Giants. And if you missed the previous episodes, so the basic structure of this is that I'll outline just my thoughts about each team. I'll select my candidate for MVP. Of course, I'll make a season record. I'll make a seasonal record prediction and I have my MVP and I'll guess the rookie of the year. And the biggest thing or the biggest reason why I like to do this is it's really a fun exercise really to come back upon, especially after the season has already occurred and just to see which teams you are right about and which teams you are wrong about. So starting with the New York Giants, I have them at five and 11. And I think with the New York Giants, there's just so much going on right now. And with the Daniel Jones selection, of course, that really was the headliner of their offseason outside of the Odell Beckham Jr. trade, which, David, which General Manager David Gettleman has already made adamant that he's just completely tired of talking about. He wants the media to move on just because the team has moved on from it. Odell is a Cleveland Brown now, so that's exactly what we're going to do as well. Even though he has huge shoes to fill, 
they have a lot of questions at wide receiver. They've already incurred a lot of injuries. Corey Coleman has gone down with a torn ACL. He's already been listed as out for the season. There's plenty of other injuries that have already occurred as well. Sterling Shepard has broken his thumb, even though a lot of people are optimistic about him being able to start week one. So they really don't have a lot of leftover options on the perimeter. So it makes the, the trade look really bad right now. And, David Gettleman took a lot of heat just because of the trade assets or the trade pieces that he got back in return, which ended up being Jabril Peppers, uh, Dexter Lawrence, and Xavier, or O'Shane Zimenez. Excuse me. Those are the pieces that he got in the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. So, with that being said, I think this is just a 5-11 and 11 football team, even though I did like the draft class. I love the DeAndre Baker pick. I thought Dexter Lawrence was a bit early, but we understand that David Gettleman wants to build up the trenches, and that's evident with this trade with Kevin Zeitler as well, him coming over from the Cleveland Browns in the Odell Beckham Jr. trade as well. So there's just the he has a bit of an archaic style, but you see the blueprint that he wants to build with this team, and that's building it from the inside out. And I think their draft was much better than a lot of people want to give it credit for. I like the Julian Love selection as well. I think he can be a day one starter at their nickel spot for them as they try to revamp that secondary after they did after they did ship Eli Apple, uh, who was a failed first round draft pick from a year ago to the New Orleans Saints. So this team has has went through a bit of a makeover, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. You already have your your heir apparent for Eli Manning already in place and Daniel Jones. And, of course, the MVP selection is going to be easy here with Saquon Barkley. Everything goes through him. I think, in my personal opinion, I think I know he's he's only played one year in the NFL, but I think he is already the best or most complete running back in the NFL right now. He's just a special, special talent, and he's one of those guys that you can just place him anywhere on the field, and he is so electrifying with the ball in his hands, and you can do so much with him. That's why he's my MVP selection for this team, but this team is going to go as far as Eli Manning can take them, and that's really sad to say just because Eli Manning is a shell of himself. He hasn't looked like his normal self or when he was in his prime the past few years, and that was the biggest reason why they went and acquired Daniel Jones with the sixth overall selection. But I'm really interested to see how he performs tonight, and I, I know that's kind of a hard critique on him, and I know he's going to have some mess-ups. He's going to have some plays where he just doesn't look like what he he doesn't like he knows what he's doing and that's just what comes with a rookie quarterback but he is the future of this team let's make no mistake about that he is already the heir apparent the guy in place to replace Eli Manning whether that's this year or of course next year we'll see when it does transpire but Daniel Jones Saquon Barkley is the future of this football team so I think this team is a bit of a ways away as far as their roster construction, even though they do have some promising pieces in place. I just don't see how they can compete in this division this year. And it would surprise me if they don't win more than one or two games within the division or if they go over. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I just think some other teams around the division just have more supreme talent than what they do at certain spots. And, of course, they have a huge question mark at the quarterback position, which is the most important position on the roster. So I have them at 5-11. and 11. My MVP pick is Saquon Barkley, and my rookie of the year is DeAndre Baker. And a guy that I love during the pre-draft process did not give up a touchdown since 2016, which is a crazy stat to think about. He didn't give up a touchdown reception since his sophomore year in the bowl game against the TCU, I believe it is. So keep an eye on DeAndre Baker. I'm looking forward to seeing him play. And there's a lot of things that he has working in his favor, specifically the scheme that he's going to be placed in, a heavy man personnel type of scheme in that 
he can just shut down one side of the field. That's what DeAndre Baker does. There were some questions about his long speed coming into the draft, but he still ended up being a first-round selection. And I think this is a situation where he can walk into and play right away, and I think he's going to have a lot of success, especially considering this division, too. Some teams that really like to sling the ball around, even though they do have their mixture of trying to be some of a somewhat of a well-balanced type of team, but with the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Redskins, some teams that like to throw the ball around a little bit, I think DeAndre Baker is going to be the target of a lot of those teams considering he is a rookie so he he's my clear rookie of the year pick just because I don't think Dexter Lawrence is going to be able to flash as much as you would like and then Daniel Jones I just don't know how early he is going to play into the season with Eli Manning already there and then some other guys in their draft class I think more down the line developmental guys that is not going to see as much action as Baker is going to see this year so I have the Giants at 5 and 11 Saquon Barkley is my MVP pick and my rookie of the year is DeAndre Baker Moving on to the next team that I think is going to finish in third place in this division, and that is the Washington Redskins. I have them at seven and nine, and this is a this is kind of a questionable football team just because they have some needs at certain spots, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. I think they have a need uh, in the secondary, and I know they they address their safety concerns with. Landon Collins, they bought him over with a massive contract, but I think they still have some huge holes in that secondary. Josh Norman still has, I believe, two years left on his contract, but they can get out of it after this year. And there's some arguments in that he hasn't lived up to his contract. But I think their biggest holes are on the offensive side of the ball. And I know they addressed their need at receiver with Terry McLaurin in the third round and Kelvin Harmon in the sixth round, both guys that have had really good training camps, according to a lot of big media reports, but they just don't have that headliner go-to guy. And I'm not saying you need that guy, but I still think that sometimes you need that lead dog in the wide receiver corpse, especially considering you have a guy like Case Keenum or Colt McCoy, two guys that really aren't the most accurate type of quarterbacks, but you need those accuracy erasers or that huge number one go-to guy on the perimeter and the Redskins just don't have that currently. Josh Dotson just haven't just hasn't lived up to expectations after selecting him in the first round of the 2016 draft. He's he's had some nagging injuries and that was always the biggest deficiency with him is that he's just always going to be banged up here and there and he's just never going to be fully healthy. He just hasn't lived up to his expectation. And I think the worst thing he could have done was coming out publicly publicly and saying that he's already looking forward to free agency. Guys that are hungry and ready to play, they just don't really say that. You always have the back of your team and your teammates, and you just want to do the best you can as long as you're wearing the colors that you're wearing. And it just doesn't seem like he has that type of enthusiasm about playing for the Redskins. So we'll see how that marriage does end up transpiring as this year goes on. And he has shown some talent or he has shown some promise in certain spurts, but it just hasn't been able to put to he hasn't been able to put it together consistently. And that's the biggest thing with Josh Dotson is just consistency. And he's gonna make you feel good about some catches. He's gonna jump over people. He's gonna catch some jump balls. He's gonna win some fifty fifty situations, but he just hasn't been able to string it all together. So we'll see how he does uh entering his fourth year this year and we'll see how it goes. I think they're gonna need some help on the perimeter. But I think this all falls back on who they start at quarterback. Colt McCoy has been the top guy listed on the depth chart, but he's still battling the ankle injury that he had a year ago. Case Keenum, they bought over uh, from the Denver Broncos. They made the trade from there in the offseason, giving up a fifth-round selection, or seven-round selection, I believe it was. I know it was a late-round pick, uh, bringing him over just some, for some extra security. And then also you move up in the draft, or sorry, you don't move up in the draft. You really stay and remain patient at that 15th selection. And Dwayne Haskins really falls into your lap. 
but a lot of people are saying that he just hasn't looked ready in training camp. And there's nothing wrong with that just because he was a one-year starter for the most part. So there's going to be some bumps and bruises with him along the way just because he only started a handful of games at Ohio State, uh, one-year starter, even though he did throw 50 touchdowns during that lone season uh, as a starter. But as far as coming into the NFL right now and being ready from day one, everyone knew that he probably wasn't going to be ready to do that, even though he showed a lot of promise when he was under center for the Buckeyes. But I think the smart thing for them to do would maybe be to see what they have in Colt McCoy or Case Keenum. And maybe one of those guys shows promise in the preseason. Maybe they can ship them off to a team before the season and they see how the other does as the week one starter. And maybe they regress at some point. And then you put Dwayne Haskins out there once he gets some mental reps on the sideline. So I could see a situation like that transpiring for the Redskins. And who knows, maybe Jay Gruden just feels the feet under his fire, considering there has been a lot of turmoil about him. And this maybe being his last chance to prove that he is the guy in Washington and maybe he he trots Dwayne Haskins out there and Dwayne Haskins shows promise and maybe he can use that as some promise going into next year in order to save his job. But I think that this is a really interesting dynamic and situation in Washington just because we don't know what this team could be. And yes, they do have a lot of talent at spots. I think their front seven is really good. Ryan Kerrigan, my MVP pick for this team. He's been as steady as they come. Landon Collins, of course. You have Josh Norman on the perimeter as well. And then you have some impressive guys along the interior, the Alabama guys, of course. And that's what that's what their entire defense seems like. But Jonathan Allen is a really good player. Deron Payne really came on last year as well. So they have some promising pieces along the front seven. It's just a matter of them putting it all together as far as an offensive unit and defensive unit. And then you have the whole Trent Williams dynamic going on. And no one really knows what's going on with that situation, if he's going to come back or if he's going to be traded. So there's a lot of sideshows with this team, but we'll see if they'll, able, if they'll be able to piece it together. But I have them at 7-9. and nine. My MVP pick is Ryan Kerrigan. And my surprise rookie of the year pick is Dwayne Haskins. I think he's going to come in maybe midseason. And I think he may be able to right the ship. And even if he doesn't right the ship, I think he could show enough promise in order to maybe save Jay Gruden's job or give him another year, maybe to nurture and tutor Dwayne Haskins in order to see exactly what he could be entering his second year. But I think Haskins is going to end up being a really good player. But it's just a matter of if Jay Gruden is really going to be there to see that. But I think with a 7-9 and nine record, maybe they will be able to give him one more year to prove his worth with this football team. But I have the Redskins finishing third in the NFC East. Before we move on to the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, here's a word from Blue Wire's latest sponsor. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. Time-consuming, expensive, so many carriers to choose from. How do you know you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. And right now, Blue Wire Podcast listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE. That's B-L-U-E. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card information. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. 
Nomadic ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in blue. That's ShipStation.com, then enter promo code BLUE. That's B-L-U-E, ShipStation.com, make ship happen. So finishing up with the last two teams on the NFC East preview, I have the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. First up, we'll go through the Dallas Cowboys. I have them at 10-6, and six. and of course, with the America's team that they label themselves as, there's always going to be a lot of turmoil ensuing with them. We have the Ezekiel Elliott situation that is going on right now. He's in Cabo right now. Nobody really knows when he's going to report to training camp or if he does it all before week one or if he extends his holdout all the way through week one. There's a huge debate going on on if you should pay running backs or if you should not, even though they have Tony Pollard. Uh, They signed some other guys as well. Alfred Morris is another guy that they like a lot that they ended up bringing back as well. So they are fully prepared for Ezekiel Elliott to sit out for an extended amount of time. Tony Pollard is one guy that they are very high on right now that has had glowing that has received glowing reviews out of training camp. Then on top of that, you have other big name players. Dak Prescott is still awaiting his contract extension to see if he gets paid. He's on the final year of his rookie deal, making peanuts right now in, in quarterback standards. And then also you have Amari Cooper who's also awaiting for his big payday as well. So there's a lot, a lot of turmoil going on in Dallas right now. And this is a huge decision for them because this could sink their salary cap situation. And some of these contracts could be an albatross to the entire situation. That's something that you don't want to do, especially if you have a contending team like the Dallas Cowboys. There's some people that do want to pay Dak Prescott. There's some people that do not. I'm in favor of paying Dak Prescott just because Having average quarterback play is something that teams really star for around the league, and that's exactly what Dak Prescott is. Everyone knows that the offense is incorporated and ran through Ezekiel Elliott, but Dak Prescott is a better player, of course, when he is on the field, but when Zeke is not on the field, I still think the offense can stay afloat, even if they get 80% of the production that they did have from him uh, without him. I still think that this is an offense that still could be one of the better ones throughout the NFL. And Dak is never a guy that's going to elevate the talent around him. But after they traded for Amari Cooper, I thought that offense really took off. And yes, Ezekiel Elliott was still on the field. But when he didn't or when he was suffering his suspension last year, I I thought the offense was still okay. But we really didn't get a good glimpse of it because Amari Cooper really wasn't there. At that point, so I kind of hate when people use the stat that the offense really wasn't great when Zeke was there. Well, of course, they didn't have a viable option on the perimeter as well, even though Michael Gallup did show some promise during his rookie year, who I was very high on coming out of Colorado State. But this is an offense that I think could be one of the better ones throughout the throughout the NFL. And the biggest reason for that is they have Travis Travis Frederick coming back at the center spot. And I know center isn't a huge uh, position on the totem pole as far as importance as far as numbers on paper but as far as the presence that he has in the locker room and then out there being on the field as a field general with the chemistry that he has with Dak Prescott I think that is huge for this offense having him back just as far as setting protections having Dak Prescott's back as far as blitzes and pressures that he may not see having the veteran presence like Travis Frederick back I think is going to make Dak an even better quarterback but for this team I think they're absolutely loaded at a lot of spots. They have one of the deeper rosters throughout the NFL. There is still some question marks along the interior of their defensive line. And, yes, I know they drafted Tristan Hill last year, but he is a rookie. 
They still have some questions up the middle, even though they do have some some very good edge rushers. They just paid Tank Lawrence, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, a very good player who I think is going to have a career year this year now that he has gotten paid. He signed the five-year, $105 million contract, I believe it was. So he has gotten his money, and then you have some guys on offense that are still starving to get their money. Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, I think both of those guys now entering uh, a, a full offseason together in Kellen Moore's offense. I think they're going to have a very good year, but I think 10-6 is a very fair record for them considering how hard this division could be uh, with the top three or with the top three teams along the top. I think the Redskins, the Cowboys, and the Eagles really could battle it out, and I think they could beat each other up a bit in this, in this NFC East race, and the Giants could squeak out a couple of victories here and there against one of these top teams in the division. So, I think the Cowboys definitely are a team to monitor, but as far as my MVP pick, I have Leighton Vander Esch. I think he is a absolute stud, and I wish I was higher on him coming out of the draft process, but he has everything that you want in a linebacker. He can run, he can cover, he can also tackle. He had 176 tackles, I believe it was, a year ago, and he was just all over the field as a rookie, and he has already positioned himself to be a leader of this defense at that Mike linebacker spot, and I think he's only going to get better. As time goes on, specifically with them having a better interior defensive front, even though they lack some depth there, I think having some, some more uh, talented bodies along the interior is going to help them stay clean a bit more. And then you have Jalen Smith right beside him. And those two, I think, are one of the best young linebacker duos throughout the NFL just because they have everything that you want. They check every box that you seek as an evaluator. Uh, from the linebacker spot so I'm excited to see him in his second year and how his year how his second year gets even better than his rookie year and then the rookie of the year I have surprisingly Tony Pollard I think this Ezekiel Elliott holdout could go a bit longer than what we're anticipating and a guy like Tony Pollard he's not only going to shine as a running back of course not in a, not in a full-time role but as that second guy off the bench or even a third guy in receiving situations or passing downs I think he could shine in those spots and also as a punt and a kick returner. He has some experience in that in his time at Memphis, and that is special teams is an area where he could shine for this team. So I have the Dallas Cowboys going 10-6. I have my MVP pick, Leighton Vander Esch, and I have my rookie of the year being Tony Pollard. The final team that we'll finish up with today is the Philadelphia Eagles. The team that I think is absolutely loaded, and I have them going 13-3. and three. I'm a huge believer in this team, not only the team on paper, but also the front office. The way they have constructed this team is absolutely amazing. And I say that because the depth that they have built, they are outside of quarterback. I think they are too deep at every spot. What I mean by too deep is that there's not going to be a significant drop-off no matter who the second person is on the depth chart. And I love their draft class just because of how they have it set up. And if there's an expensive or older player at the top of the depth chart, they have a young player right under that that can step in right away. And let's just go down the list. You have Andre Dillard that can step in right away for Jason Peters. And everyone knows that he's probably going to suffer some type of injury this year. That's just how the that's just how the boat floats with Jason Peters. And if it is a one or two game absence, he just always seems to miss a game here and there and that's going to be valuable experience for Andre Dillard of course being across from Lane Johnson is of course going to help him just him not being forced to play right away I think is going to help Dillard a lot he's already been in the Eagles strength program for a couple months now so I'm sure he has picked up some weight and also he's learning from two of the best tackles in the NFL and Johnson and Peters 
Then the next pick, you have Miles Sanders in the backfield. And, of course, they traded for Jordan Howard, a guy who is going to bring back a compensatory pick next year just because he is on the final year of his deal. Everyone knows that Miles Sanders is the future at the running back position. So, once again, they have a rookie stacked right under a veteran player. And for the first year, that could be a dynamic duo with those two. So I'm expecting a huge return uh, after the draft capital that they spent on Miles Sanders as well as the trade that they initiated with the Bears to to acquire Jordan Howard. I think those two could be a very foursome type of duo uh, in the NFC East and also throughout the NFL as well. And then the next pick you have J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who is going to back up. Alshon Jeffrey, a very similar player where they dominate. They don't really create a ton of separation. They really rely on those post-up abilities, specifically in the red zone. I think that's where he wins the most, even though he is a well-diverse route runner. I think he was kind of knocked for that unfairly during the pre-draft process just because most of his highlights are in the red zone. But he has some moments where he's able to create separation down the field, and also he dominates in the end zone that's really where most of his value lies and if you think about it that's exactly where Alshon Jeffrey wins as well so you have a very similar player once again a younger player stacked under a veteran that could end up being some type of cap casualty or he may suffer some type of injury like Alshon Jeffrey has suffered in the past so I just love how this roster has been constructed over the past few months and during Howie Roseman's entire tenure I think he's he's done a terrific job with putting this roster together but With the Eagles, it all falls down to number 11. Carson Wentz has got his big money. He signed a huge contract extension a couple months ago. If he is not able to stay healthy, things could now go downhill just because they don't have the security blanket of Nick Foles behind him. He hasn't finished the season the past two years because he had the torn ACL. He also had the back injury as well. So he has to stay healthy in order for this team to stay afloat. If they're going to reach their Super Bowl aspirations for the second time in three years, which I think they can do, Carson Wentz has to stay healthy for this team. And if they want to obtain any type of status as far as a contender in the NFL, number 11 has to be under center for this football team. And he was headed towards an MVP year two years ago before he did suffer the torn ACL in the Los Angeles Rams game where he was diving into the end zone. But he was going to be named the league MVP that year. And I think if he stays healthy, he could be in a similar situation this year just because of how loaded this offense is up front on the perimeter and behind him in the backfield. This team is going to have a very strong chance at winning a Super Bowl this year, but it all falls back on Carson Wentz staying healthy. But I have trust in Carson. I love what I have seen out of him to this point, and I think he could end up being a top five to eight type of quarterback this year. I think that highly of him. I don't think he could enter that elite upper tier type of status quite yet. And yes, I know that is weird to say, considering that I did just name him a MVP candidate. I think he could be that. But that's not to say that he is going to enter that elite type of category after this year. I think he could make that jump back up to where he was a couple years ago when he was going to be named MVP before he ultimately got hurt with the ACL injury. And I think he's going to return to that form this year. I have full faith in this football team, and I think they are going to be really, really good this year. As far as my rookie of the year, I have it Miles Sanders. I think Miles Sanders is eventually going to overtake Jordan Howard in that first running back role just because everyone knows that he is the future. Make no mistake about that. 
and they're not trying to fool anybody or anything like that. Everyone knows that Jordan Howard is a one-year rental with this football team. You don't move up to take a guy like Miles Sanders in order to acquire him, specifically at that running back spot if you don't have high hopes for him. Maybe not week one or week two, but as the year goes on, midseason, the latter half of the year, I think Miles Sanders is going to be the well-defined or clear-defined running back one and the future of this football team. Of course, they brought Darren Sproles back as well just because they love the versatility that he brings to the table. And, of course, I cannot forget to talk about Deshaun Jackson returning to this football team as well, who adds a dynamic type of element down the field who is going to be a tremendous boost for Carson Wentz. I can see a lot of explosive plays generated down the field between those two. So I have the Eagles at 13-3. and I have my MVP pick for this team as Carson Wentz and my rookie of the year as Miles Sanders. But that is my NFC East preview. Just to give a quick recap, starting from the bottom, I have the Giants at 5-11. and 11. I have my MVP pick being Saquon Barkley. My rookie of the year pick being DeAndre Baker. The quarterback spot is going to be something to monitor for that team. We'll see when Daniel Jones does end up taking over, whether that is early in the season, midseason, or if they completely wait until 2020 when Eli Manning's contract does expire to thrust Daniel Jones into that QB1 spot. The Washington Redskins, I have them at 7-9. and nine. I have my MVP pick being Ryan Kerrigan, Mr. Steady for that team, Mr. Consistent. He's always around the ball, their constant sack leader of the year, and the clear leader in the locker room on the defensive side of the ball for that team. My rookie of the year, I have it being Dwayne Haskins, even though I do not think he is going to be the week one starter for this team, but I would be really surprised if he is not in there by week eight mid-season of the year. We're going to see what transpires between Colt McCoy and Case Keenum, who ends up getting the start right now. Colt McCoy is listed as the top quarterback on the depth chart, but we'll see what happens with that throughout the preseason. And if Colt McCoy does end up being the week one starter and Dwayne Haskins, see how long he stays at that third string spot, which I don't think will last very long. At the second place spot, I have the Cowboys finishing 10-6. and six. My MVP pick being Leighton Vander Esch and my Rookie of the Year pick being Tony Pollard. The biggest thing with the Cowboys is eliminating distractions. There is a lot of them right now with so many contractual situations going on. Dak Prescott looking to get paid. Ezekiel Elliott's holdout. And also Amari Cooper seeking to get paid as well. And Byron Jones is another name that's looking to get paid as well. So the Cowboys have a lot of decisions to make with this roster. If they're able to eliminate some of these distractions or just kind of disregard some of them and just play football. I think this this is a team that could be a strong contender in the NFC. And it wouldn't surprise me if they do end up winning this division. I think they have the pieces in place in order to maybe flip-flop with the Eagles and win this division this year. But I have them going 10-6. and six. And the team I have winning, the NFC East, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. I have them going 13-3. and three. It wouldn't surprise me if they end up with the top seed in the NFC. I think that strongly and that highly of this team. I have MVP Carson Wentz. This team is going to go, has number 11 goals. Number, you know, the defense, I, I have some question marks about them, but Fletcher Cox gives them a really good chance. They have some questions as far as the linebacker spots. Uh, they have some depth concerns there. And, of course, the secondary is always going to be a, a unit that is always going to be under fire with this team, even though they've spent a lot of draft capital on it. They really haven't had that bona fide guy outside of Malcolm Jenkins that has been a reliable presence specifically at that safety spot. They do have some question marks at corner as well. 
My rookie of the year is Miles Sanders. I think he's going to overtake Jordan Howard eventually for that first running back spot, even if it is not during the first week of the season. So that is my NFC East preview. And that is something that we'll be doing weekly. Next week, we will go over the NFC West and we will officially be done with the NFC. And then we will move on to the AFC, a division that I think very, or a conference, I should say, that I think very highly of. And of course, we have some very, very strong contenders out there. But next week, we'll have the NFC West. We'll go over the Cardinals, Kyler Murray. I'm looking forward to seeing him. The Rams, of course. Aaron Donald is always going to be a mainstay with that team as well. The Seahawks and Russell Wilson, of course, I cannot wait to go through with him. And then the 49ers, if they're able to stay healthy this year, I think they could have a very strong year and be a contender in the NFC. But we'll dive into the NFC West next year. But once again, thank you guys for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the NFC East preview. I love doing these previews just to get my thoughts out there, just to see the landscape of all 32 teams of exactly what I'm thinking and just my prediction of the year. So with that being said, I am your host, Jordan Reed. You can follow me on Twitter at JReedNFL. You can find my work on thedraftnetwork.com. Also, climbingthepocket.com as well. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you next week.